Amen. It is a blessing to be able to celebrate a God who is able to provide for our every need, and today we do that. I don't like making announcements, but I need to make a few brief announcements that are really important. Uh, First of all, we have next Sunday, we're going to take up a special offering specifically for our family camp. As a district, we are very blessed to have a great family camp. It's under the leadership of Pastor Wiggins, who is a part of our church here. And next Sunday, we would like to, as a church, be able to take up a special offering just to be able to support the family camp. So I'm sharing that with you now to kind of help you prepare so that next week when you show up, you'll be ready to generously support that camp. And uh, actually, what I may do just to kind of help you guys um, be prepared is I may have Pastor Wiggins take up the offering just so you'll be reminded next Sunday that that's what uh, we need you guys to do. Uh, Tomorrow, we have a great opportunity. Uh, There will be a large group of Marines and Navy corpsmen who are going to be coming through the upstate. Uh, They're actually going to be on their way from Easley to Lake Kiowee so they can get a few days of relaxation. They will be coming through Central at approximately 2.40 p.m. tomorrow on Highway 93, uh, accompanied by about 200 motorcycles. And If any of you would like to come out and just kind of stand alongside the road and wave at them and celebrate them, that would be an awesome way for us just to love on the military that are going to be here this week. So just wanted to encourage you with that. If nobody else shows up, I'm going to go out there with my kids and they're going to have a blast Uh, just to be able to look at all the... I think my my son will be excited more about the motorcycles, but uh, what an opportunity for us just to say thanks. So I want to encourage you guys with that. And then one last statement is uh, we are preparing for our Independence Day celebration. We do this every year, and it's a great opportunity for us to celebrate those who have served in the United States military. We need anyone who has served in the military to contact the office or Derek Pulley within the uh, next few days, basically by this coming Sunday. Um, We need to know the branch that you served in, your rank and the dates that you served, and if possible, a picture of you when you were in uniform. We're just trying to make the presentation that day a really exciting day and kind of do it a little bit different than what we have in the past. So I just want to encourage you guys with that. We would love to have as many of you guys recognized as possible. Uh, We are very blessed here. This is a church that has had um, a large number of people who have served in the United States military, and we should celebrate that, and we should be grateful for those individuals. So, well, happy Father's Day. It's great to be able to celebrate Father's Day with you. Today is a great day to celebrate those men of influence that have been a part of our lives, helping us to become the people that we are today. The only thing that I will add to that is that Father's Day isn't just about those who are responsible for our conception. In fact, there are many different individuals who deserve recognition on a day like today. For some of you, there was an actual stepfather who intervened in your upbringing. Perhaps your birth father was not around. So someone else willingly chose to fill that role in your life. What an incredible blessing that someone would choose to love you without obligation simply because they care about you. Still others, like myself, may not have had someone to officially fill that role, but their actions, the actions of others, are worthy of recognition. 
In my case, I lacked a godly influence from my father. In fact, I lacked about any influence from my father. My mom and dad were divorced when we were very young. But even while they were married, my dad really was not around very often. As I grew older, he lived less than five miles from me. And in four years of high school, I saw him twice. I bumped into him in the grocery store one day, and then I saw him at my grandmother's funeral. And by the way, I don't share that as something that I want you to feel sorry about in my life. The reality is that I consider myself blessed that my birth father was not around. And I don't mean that to be negative, but he was married seven times. He struggled with alcohol and drug abuse. And he never was able to keep a job for longer than five years. He did keep a job at Montgomery Wards for about five years. I'm afraid that if he had been a part of my life, I might would have been tempted to walk down the same path that he walked. I am grateful today that his story is not my story. Instead, God provided other people who simply loved on me and my family. They never technically became a stepdad or anything like that, but they were the ones to model for me what a man of God is supposed to look like. For me, it was a man named Reverend Beach. It was Adam. It was Eric. It was Artie. There were a couple coaches. There were teachers. Maybe the names are different for you, but all of us have had individuals like that who have sacrificed their time to help us to become the people that we are today. So whether you're a dad or you're a surrogate dad, thank you for everything that you have done to help us become the people that we are today. The truth is that all of you have a dad. And again, it may be a birth dad or it may be a surrogate dad. So let me tell you today, I am grateful for you and the role that you have played. I'll say that there are a lot of things that our dads teach us. They teach us about work ethic, working on cars, politics, and how to handle our relationships. But the greatest responsibility that any dad will ever have is to teach us about Jesus Christ. And that teaching shows up in many different ways. Sometimes it's through the things that they say. Sometimes it's through the places they go. But always... It should be backed up with their integrity, which they display. Over the past several weeks, I've been focusing on practical issues that arise out of the life of a believer. Everything has been built around a verse that comes from Micah chapter 6, verse 8, where the prophet poses a question. He says, and what does the Lord require of you? And he answers the question. He says, to act justly to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Certainly, if we were to hold these requirements, then integrity will be strong among God's people. But integrity shows up in many different ways. It shows up in the way we handle our relationships. It shows up in the way we keep our promises. It shows up in the way we represent ourselves on social media. It shows up in our honesty. It shows up when we are all alone and nobody else is there to verify that we are doing things the way we're supposed to do things. In reality, 
Integrity is not determined by an action or a spoken word. Instead, it's the other way around. Because of the presence of integrity in your life, it ought to dictate the actions that we take and the words that we speak. You don't become a man of integrity because you told the truth. You tell the truth because you are a man of integrity. Does that make sense? Well, beginning in Genesis 37, 1 through 11, we have an example of a man of great integrity. It's someone we're all very familiar with. It's, his story is told uh, basically the last quarter of the book of Genesis is his story. It's the story of a man named Joseph. Now, there's two Josephs. There's one in the New Testament. That's the one who was the husband of Mary. That's not the one we're talking about here. The Old Testament Joseph was a man who was blessed by God, but it didn't mean that his life would be easy. Look what it says in Genesis 37, beginning in verse 1. I'll read through verse 11 here this morning. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the son of Bilhan, the son of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. So let me just stop for a minute here. Joseph is basically the good son. And we can kind of gather this right at the very beginning, not because necessarily that he's good, but we know his brothers don't fit the role. Joseph has brought a bad report to his father about his brothers. Now look in verse 3. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an, an, an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of this dream of what he had, and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Now, this is just the beginning of the story of Joseph. Again, I mentioned about a fourth of the, the book of Genesis really tells us the story of Joseph. Uh, as we look at his story, um, he becomes a tool of God to be able to bring deliverance to God's people during a time of great famine. But it wasn't an easy journey for him. Along this journey, we see many examples 
of great integrity. Far too many of us to go through just in one service. But what I would like for us to look at this morning is his character, which was constant, as well as what it means and what it doesn't mean. But what I would like to look at here to begin with is what is integrity in the first place? According to dictionary.com, it means soundness of moral character or honesty. It's the state of being whole or entire or undiminished or a sound, unimpaired or perfect condition. Now, the one we automatically connect with is the first one addressing the sound moral character and honesty. But the last one is also important as we talk about character. This is the type of integrity that is often referred to when we talk about a wall or the foundation of a building. If it is not sound, if it does not have quality of character, if it does not have integrity, then everything else that stands upon it will crumble eventually. Recently, we were on a trip to Haiti, and we saw a great example of that. When we showed up at one of the nearby churches, I say nearby, it was probably about 15 miles. took us an hour and a half to get there because the roads were just horrible. Um, When we showed up at this church, much of the roof had been pulled off from Hurricane Matthew about a year ago. And when the hurricane came through, it left about half the roof there. So we actually had the responsibility of tearing off the rest of the roof so a new roof could be put in place there. When we got there, though, we realized there was a problem. One of the walls no longer stood like this, but rather it stood like that. And they were planning on placing the roof on top of that, which made no sense because the wall lacked integrity. I will tell you then, when we as people lack integrity, much like that wall of that church building, it will eventually cause everything else about our lives to crumble. Integrity is incredibly important for those who will call themselves Christians. Let's look at what integrity does not mean for a moment. The first thing I would say is it does not mean perfection. There will be times that every one of us will make foolish choices or will say things that we shouldn't have said or will do things and afterwards we'll think, I can't believe that I did this. Many of us have seen this in far too many ways. There have been times that maybe... There have been poor moral choices that have come out. Sometimes it's a wisdom thing. We'll get to that one in a minute. You know, even the church at times, even though we're trying to seek the Lord, things just don't come out the way we mean to. You guys have seen there's uh, an email uh, thread that has gone out far too many times, and it shows some of the bulletin quotes that have been made in church bulletins. I just want to read a couple of them for you here this morning. This one comes from a church bulletin. Next Thursday, there will be tryouts for the choir. They need all the help they can get. At the evening service tonight, the sermon topic will be, What is Hell? Come early and listen to our choir practice. (laughs) Potluck supper Sunday at 5 p.m. Prayer and medication to follow. Uh, Two two more here. This evening at 7 p.m., there will be a hymn singing in the park across from the church. 
bring a blanket and come prepared to sin. (laughs) And then low self-esteem group will meet Thursday at 7 p.m. Please use the back door. You know, everybody makes mistakes and things just don't come out the way we intend for them to come out sometimes. I wonder with Joseph, if maybe one of his signs of imperfection could be seen in perhaps his lack of wisdom. Now, I know that it's almost sacrilegious to say that Joseph lacked wisdom, but I want you to think about what he does. Joseph has a dream. He already knows, by the way, that his brothers don't like him. We've been told already that the brothers know that he is the favorite son. And as a result, they hated him. Now he has this dream. And in this dream, he pictures basically them bowing down to him. Might want to keep that one to yourself. But Joseph doesn't. He tells the dream to him. We're told that their response is they hated him even more. All right, so I guess he didn't get it because then he has another dream. And this time he sees the sun and the moon and all these stars, these 11 stars, which there were 11 brothers, all bowing down to him. And It's not enough that he had the dream. He had to go tell him about it. Now, I don't know about you, but... He lacks a little wisdom, at least at this point. Now, he may be an incredibly godly man, and clearly his integrity will be displayed over and over again. But what I want you to catch here is a man of integrity does not necessarily mean he is a man of perfection. Fathers, I want to encourage you to be men of integrity. I want you to be the man that God called you to be because you have children who are watching, whether they're your children or your neighbor's children, you have people who are watching you. You need to be that man of integrity. But recognize there's still going to be times where imperfection comes out. You're still imperfect creatures. As long as we live in our human bodies, imperfection will be present. Joseph was a man who clearly will display the character of God. But he still at times had shortcomings. Sometimes we will not be perfect and we will make poor choices. Another side to this is even if you become a man of integrity, an individual who constantly tries to put God first in everything that you do, there are those who will tell you otherwise, but biblically it is incorrect. It does not mean your life will be easy. There are those who will suggest that if you put God first, he'll give you everything. He'll do everything for you. There have been times that individuals have experienced difficulty, whether because sin has come in their life or simply because they live in a fallen world. And what happens is people will immediately respond, well, you must have done something wrong or God must be trying to teach you a lesson. And you know what? Sometimes God teaches us a lesson. Sometimes we've done something wrong and there are consequences to it. But you can live an incredibly godly life. And there's still no guarantee that life will be easy for you. Joseph was a man of integrity, but in the years that would follow, Joseph would be sold as a slave to Egypt. He would be betrayed by a woman who tried to commit adultery with him and he refused. He would end up in prison. He would then be forgotten by people that he was able to help. Joseph didn't have an easy life. 
yet he was a man of integrity regardless of what happened around him. Let me assure you, your integrity should never be dependent upon how good God is. Because the truth is, God's goodness never changes. God's goodness will always be present, even when life seems to be falling apart around you. And Joseph was a man of integrity regardless of what took place. So what will integrity mean? The first thing that you should recognize is when an individual has integrity, they become people who are worthy of respect. Consider for a moment the contrast between Joseph and his brothers. We already know that the brothers have issues. From the very beginning of this passage, we see that Joseph is bringing a bad report to his father regarding his brothers. They've got issues. There are some problems that are present, and the truth is they lack integrity. Their integrity would be put on display. It would be the brothers who would actually sell Joseph into slavery and then to cover it up. They would actually take the robe that had been made for Joseph, cover it in blood, and take it to their father and tell him basically that your son must have been eaten by an animal. These are people who lack integrity. Later on, they would actually have issues where uh, the brothers would deceive a group of people and in the process basically have them all killed in chapter uh, 39. The point is, these were people who lacked incredible integrity. But Joseph was a man who had incredible integrity all of the time. You know, even his brothers would be grateful for Joseph's integrity. It's interesting because they had such a hatred for him all along, at least early on. But by the time they run into Joseph, years later, Joseph has gone through this journey where he became a slave, became a prisoner, sat in prison for a long time, forgotten about completely, and then all of a sudden he finds himself restored. Not only restored, but he is in a position of incredible authority. He is blessed by God. He ends up being second in command over all of Egypt. And wouldn't you know it? His brothers have to come looking for help. They don't recognize him right away. In fact, he's been in Egypt long enough, he looks like an Egyptian. They assume he's an Egyptian. But he knows who they are the moment they walk in the door. Joseph's integrity would be displayed over and over again. And perhaps the greatest example of his integrity is seen in Genesis chapter 50, verses 20 and 21. As his brothers find out who he is and they find themselves vulnerable with Joseph now having authority over them. Remember the image of Joseph standing there and the brothers bowing down? All of a sudden, now that's the role that they're in. This is what it says in Genesis 50, verse 20 and 21. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Do you know that they wanted their brother to have integrity? They wanted their brother to be a man that was worthy of respect because in that moment, they needed his kindness. 
his generosity and his love. You know, there are times that the world around us may not want to give us respect, but every individual wants us to be people of integrity. We have a world that is dying to find somebody who will actually be that man or woman of integrity. There's far too many people who have let us down. There are far too many people who have said one thing and then they've done something different. There are far too many individuals who have been hurt by a husband or a wife who lacked integrity. There are far too many children who have been hurt because they've seen a parent who lacked integrity. We have a world around us that is dying to see the integrity of a man or a woman of God. I will assure you that if you become that man or a woman of God with that kind of integrity, that the result will be incredible respect. Consider also that thousands of years have passed since the story of Joseph. There are a few of us because we spent time studying long passages of scripture that we might be able to name a few of the brothers of Joseph, but most of us probably don't know more than about two or three of them. Here's the point. Every one of us knows who Joseph is because his integrity went far beyond his generation. Know today that when you choose to be a man or a woman of integrity, the impact doesn't die when you die. The impact of your faithfulness, your incredible integrity will live on for generations to follow. Now, it's not a guarantee that your kids are all going to be perfect. Man, I wish that that's the way it worked. It doesn't mean that all of your kids will have great integrity in everything that they do. But what I will tell you, and we're told to train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Really, what we're, we're doing here is we are giving our kids every chance possible for them to know integrity because we want them to see it in us. My prayer is that you have had that opportunity, but... Let's take it a step further. My prayer is that you will give someone else that opportunity, that you will be the man of integrity at this point, regardless of what you've seen from somebody else. I gave you the story of my family where I had a father who lacked integrity, never could be faithful to anybody or anything. Uh, we were, I used to joke all the time growing up that I was afraid to date girls from Virginia, my dad had been married seven times, but while he was married to my mom, uh, he had other children. I have a brother and sister that I've never met that grew up in the Northern Virginia area. I was scared to death. I was going to wake up and one day find that that was my sister. I may not have had a man of integrity in my family, but that is not an excuse for me not to be a man of integrity today for my family. There have been far too many others who have been men of integrity for my family. So I know what's required of me. And I believe that you do too. Each of us has a responsibility. And my hope and my prayer is that long after I'm gone, my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren will continue to reap the benefits of my integrity. By the way, in Joseph's case... That would happen. There would be times that they would struggle. They would eventually become so numerous that they would become a stumbling block to the people of Egypt. They were fearful that perhaps they might overtake us. So they began to oppress them, but only after 
a time of great success and prosperity. God blessed them because one man chose to be a man of integrity. It will last for generations. Along with that, I've already told you that just because you choose to be a person of integrity, it does not mean that life will be easy. But that being said, when you choose to be a man or a woman of integrity, you become worthy of blessing, specifically God's blessing. Even though Joseph would walk a very difficult path, experience incredible brokenness, God was faithful to him all the way through that journey. When he was in that home as a slave to Potiphar, God was there with him. God's blessing was on him. In fact, it wasn't long after he got there that Potiphar realized, if I leave this in Joseph's hands, I will be successful because Joseph is successful. Potiphar has full reign over the house of Potiphar, or, or Joseph has full reign over the house of Potiphar. Eventually, that would come to crumble. Ends up in prison. But you know what the warden does? He realizes the same thing. If I simply allow Joseph to run things, man, things will go really well for me. You see, God's blessing stayed faithful even when the circumstances didn't seem very pleasant. When we become men and women of integrity, God's faithfulness is there and he will bless. Again, it doesn't mean it'll be easy, but he will bless and he'll be there to provide for us. The last thing that I would say is this. When we choose to be men and women of integrity, we become people who are worthy of imitation. We become people who are worth looking at and saying, you know what, I want to be like that individual. Just take for a moment. And consider the people in your life who have been role models to you. Maybe it is your father. Maybe it's somebody completely different. Who are the people that you would look at and say, you know what? When I grow up, I want to be just like him or her. Some of you are saying, it's too late for that, Pastor. I'm already grown up. Now. We're all supposed to continually be on this journey. If there's anybody that you could imitate, I assume that it's probably someone who has that great integrity. Now, I wonder, I wonder how many of us just thought of someone in this room. When I grow up, I want to be like Bud Sexton. When I grow up, I want to be like Jackie Ray. Truthfully, all of us ought to be those people of integrity so that others could look at us and say, that's what I want to be like. I love the words of the Apostle Paul who declared in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, be imitators of me just as I also imitate Christ Jesus. Let that be your statement today and then live as a man or a woman of integrity. Let's close with a word of prayer and then we're going to be blessed with the children in just a moment. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness to us. There have been times we have fallen short. Sometimes we have made poor choices. Sometimes we've 
not represented you as well as we should. But you are a gracious and loving God. And your integrity never changes. Lord, I pray today that you would help us to be those people of integrity. Help us to be people that the next generation can look at and say, I want to be like that. Because I see within that individual what it means to be a child of God. Help us to be people who can genuinely make that statement. Be imitators of me just as I also imitate Christ Jesus. Help us to truly imitate you. Lord, I pray for our fathers today. I pray that you would help them to be the men of God that they're supposed to be. I pray for those who perhaps they're not fathers yet. I pray that even now they would be reminded of the incredible opportunity and responsibility and privilege that they have to be those men of God. Lord, I pray that where we fall short, that you would put blinders on our kids. But I pray that you would help us not to fall short. Lord, I pray that I would be the man that I need to be. So that as my kids grow up, and my grandkids and even my great-grandkids, they might walk the same path of integrity. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Now, I told you that we're going to be blessed with children in just a moment. Um, what I would like to do is, first of all, um, if you are a father, would you stand up? We have some gifts that the children are going to distribute to you as they come through. And we may have some extra. Actually, I know we're going to have some extras, so... Um, if you really like it, grab one, even if you're not one of the dads. But I want the dads to make sure they get it first. So they're coming through right now. I want to see if one of them brings one up here to the pastor. That's all I want. <laughs> Actually, those of you who are seated, would you give a hand real quick to those who are standing? After you've gotten it, you can go ahead and sit down so the kids know to... Thanks, buddy. We got a few more over here just to let y'all know there's three or four over here too. As the children continue to distribute the cups, and they'll get it to you, I promise you guys, we've got enough. As the children continue to distribute the cups, I just want to mention also that... Uh, there are a few Sundays out of the year that we typically do not do Sunday night service, and we do that encouraging individuals to spend time with their families. Mother's Day is one of those. Father's Day is one of those. So I want to encourage you this evening to uh, take some time to spend time with your family. If you have a father, make contact with them. If you are a father, make contact with your children and simply love on them. Take advantage of that opportunity. Now, I mentioned that we have extra cups. These are really nice cups, and they actually have the church's name and a Bible verse from Psalm 18, verse 2 on it. Um, and these are those tumbler, plastic tumbler things, and you can put cold drinks in. It even came with matching straws and all that stuff, too. So 
Um, if you would like to grab one, please do. I just want to make sure all the fathers got one as well. So thank you so much for being with us. Happy Father's Day. And if you can, come back and see us again next week. So 